Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast with Devin Turak, Patrick Gleason, and Paul Sanders. And now, here's the show. All right, welcome to episode 30, I believe, of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name, as always, is Devin Turak. I'm joined with Paul Sanders and our good friend Dwayne from earlier episodes dealing with all things comic-related. Uh, Pat can't join us tonight as he's uh, not feeling well after a long day of work, so he has decided to bow out. Go ahead, Dwayne. You were about to say something? Oh, I was just saying, you know, okay, but, uh, I think we've all been there as far as long days of work go. Oh, for sure. But usually we just crack open a beer and get on with it. <laughs> he probably doesn't have enough money for beer. We, we, we don't take a time out and say, ah, I don't feel like talking today. Yeah. Uh, All right, so enough of that. Uh, let's get on with our normal scheduled um, segments. Let's start with our week slash month in the hobby because it's been a couple of weeks since we've last chatted. Uh, let's start with you guys. Uh, Paul, what have you been up to? You? Um, not a whole lot. Just a bit of Star Wars here and there and some Skyrim recently, and that's about it. Um, how are you finding Star Wars now? I've been away for about uh, six months, and I don't think I've even logged in. So what have I missed? Anything cool going on? Um, they're having a new, uh, I'd call it one of their major patches where they introduce some new, uh, some new stuff, but... That's not coming out for a couple weeks yet, I guess. Oh, is that the Galactic uh, Strongholds expansion where they're yeah. adding player housing? Yeah. Something they said they were never going to do? Well, you know, it's the whole, we're never going to do it until it's the popular thing to do on everything else, on every other game, so right. they got to copy it, right? Fair enough, fair enough. So. Dwayne, how about yourself? Any cool, fun gaming going on? Um, not a lot. The uh, main thing is uh, my every couple of weeks tabletop session. Right, right. Uh, um, you were doing Shadowrun for a while. Yeah, well, because um, I took a vacation. I went back to Nova Scotia for a couple of weeks. Got to see my family. Got to see my in-laws. Great. Cool. Great visit. But because of that, because I wasn't available to run, we switched temporarily over uh, to Chris's uh, D6 Star Wars right. campaign that we've been running off and on for the past while. So we're currently in the process of trying to wrap that up. Uh, the last session we were on Tatooine hunting down a legendary rebel general or old republic general. <laughs> Gee... Never, never heard that plot before. You don't say. Yeah, of course, it wasn't the most famous guy. But, of course. Uh, you know, we got into a fight with some bounty hunters, including Boba Fett, and he somehow lived. <laughs> wow, that is impressive. So, happy with that. And right now, we're just getting off, off the planet, and uh, we've got to get around a Star Destroyer that's trying to intercept us. Okay. So that'll be next session. So I'm hoping to get back to running Shadowrun uh, in about four weeks' time. Okay. Uh, closer to three and a half now. Uh, when last we left that group, our tank had actually gotten severely shot up. Uh, 
so we're going to have to let him heal up a bit. <laughs> Isn't that what magic's uh, for? Yeah, well, the problem is, is that when you're as heavily cybered as this guy... Oh, right, doesn't work healing, on Healing magic doesn't work terribly well. Gotcha. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so we're looking forward to that. Well, hopefully in about uh, two months' time, when my current contract is up and the crazy amount of hours and stuff that I'm working is over, maybe I'll jump back on that. That'll be cool. Uh, nice thing is, is that uh, Catalyst Game Labs has released the second episode in Shadowrun Mission Season 5. So I have more material available to run. Cool. So we're not, we're not even... I think we're about a quarter of the way through um, the current mission. Okay. And then we'll have episode two that we can run. Um, I understand that three, four, and five have already put in appearances at various tournaments and for the uh, Catalyst demo team and stuff like that. So hopefully they'll be available before too long and we can keep going with it because I'm having fun running. Good. And it seems like the people playing or having fun playing. So, that'll be cool. I yeah. haven't been doing as much video gaming lately. Uh, I'm about to start uh, Assassin's Creed 2 over again because I found out that unlike the original Assassin's Creed, you can't just go back to a city once you leave it to do all the side stuff. So you, you missed out? That after you finish the game. Oh, wow. So that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So, since I only did the first city, I'm going to basically just start over and do it over again right, because I want to see all the uh, all the video clips and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I picked up a, a bunch of Assassin's Creed games, like I think four or five of them, on a uh, Steam uh, discount pack that, that they put out, I don't know, maybe two months ago, three months ago. Uh, I haven't even played one of them yet. Hmm. I really like the first one. Um, gameplay in the second one seems to be improved. Okay. Not that I'm any not that I'm any kind of an expert, but I like certain things about the uh, second one, uh, particularly there. They come up with a new way of hiding, where you just walk with the crowd and you automatically go into blending mode. Okay, that's kind of cool. Where the guards just ignore you. Okay. Which is very very useful that there's such a heavy emphasis on stealth. Uh, it, it seems to be somewhat similar to my favorite, well, one of my favorite series of all time, um, Splinter Cell, which was based off of a Tom Clancy novel, I believe, where, again, you play, it, it's far more, the game. The gameplay is far more dependent on you sneaking around. It's not, it's not made for, you know, upfront combat where you're running in guns blazing. It's much more of a stealthy, sneaky, moving around, hiding in plain sight or hiding in shadows, letting people get past you and then, you know, assassinating from behind, which I, I very much enjoyed. And Assassin's Creed seems like that kind of game as well. Yeah. Although, once you reach a certain point, um, in the original game anyways, I'm certainly no expert on Assassin's Creed 2, but uh, in the original game, once you reach a certain point, especially where, you, where you've got uh, counterattacks, you can actually take on large number of opponents. Oh, that's cool. And reasonably expect to win. <clears throat> right, because you're dealing with melee weapons and not so much automated weaponry like you are in the Splinter Cell series. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
yeah, so uh, the other reason why I haven't done much gaming lately is because, uh, frustratingly, as, as I mentioned last time we met up, Deb, uh, my motherboard on my main PC has apparently gone bye-bye. Right. Here's I can tell it's the SATA controller, and so I'm currently specking out basically a new PC. Cool. There's nothing as good as making a brand new PC yourself. I enjoy it, especially because I'm an open source guy. Right. So usually works out a bit better if I build it myself. Yeah, it's hard to find something that's not either Intel or Mac based, just off the shelf. Yeah, exactly. And I'd rather not pay for Windows if I'm not going to use it. Right. That's a good point, too. I have no, I have no intention of using it. So. Um, I used to go to this one place uh, called Sprint Computers back in the day. Um, I had, I think, four PCs built by them over the course of 10 years, and they were awesome. They, they would basically take down what your requirements were, and one of the techs there would go, okay, are you going to let me have some fun with this? Do you have some, you know, what's your price point? Do you have some leeway? And then he would build the, the whatever rig you were looking for to your specifications and play around with it and overclock stuff if you wanted it overclocked. It was really a lot of fun. I'm really oh, sad nice. they're gone. Nice. So, other than that, as far as, you know, geeky type stuff in the past little bit, uh, would be actually been able to get out to see a couple of uh, the comic book related movies for the past while. Most recently, of course, X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, there have been a couple of really good movies that came out. X-Men was good. Um, I enjoyed Spider-Man, even though it was kind of... Like, it was an okay movie, but it was still good action and good comic book-related stuff. I liked some of the backgrounds they did with it. So that was that was good, too. Yeah, no, I got to... When I was home... Um, I got to uh, go on a little road trip to the uh, nearest city with a movie theater with a good buddy of mine, and we got out to, and we went to see uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Right. So I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, certainly not my favorite uh, movie of the year. Right now, that's still Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Yeah, uh, it's hard to beat. This year, and... Uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, I would definitely put ahead of Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, I think I would too. It was uh, it was a really well done, again, comic booky movie. Like, don't don't go in expecting high drama. Don't go in expecting... Um, well, okay, it had an intricate plot line, but it had basically amazing uh, action sequences, and the plot line at least made sense. Yeah, and I, for one, really kind of enjoyed... Uh, as far as character development, all the stuff with Mystique yeah. I thought was particularly well done. And the fact yeah. that it's Jennifer Lawrence playing her also helps. Yeah, there's, there's no bad there. <laughs> um, Paul, have you seen any of these movies yet? Have, have you seen Captain America? I have, yes. Okay. Um, I've seen them all. I think I've seen them all up to date. Oh, okay. So you saw Spider-Man as well? Uh, oh wait, no, not Spider-Man. I haven't followed the Spider-Man uh, the new franchise. I was kind of, I was kind of fed up with that franchise, to be honest. Um, yeah, I guess. Like the original trilogy with Tobey Maguire, those were pretty good. The third movie got a little over the top, but yeah. um, but having having the reboot so closely after that that last trilogy was kind of odd. Yeah. But it was mainly to, oh. to keep the uh, the license, right? 
yeah, yeah it, it's just they just it seems like they just keep renewing it keep changing it keep doing it over and over and over again and it's just it's really starting to get to the point where it's like it's the same thing over and over again why should i keep paying to go see it the same thing again yeah, well, the, the yeah. problem is the people who have the license to it it's sony i believe uh they don't want to give it back to marvel right and if they don't do a movie within three or four years that license reverts no i understand exactly. that but yeah i can I, I see your point paul i mean it does it can definitely lead to uh franchise fatigue and yeah it, you know there's def- a definite risk of uh inferior product because of all of it although it, it, it takes so long for them to put out a movie too from from beginning to end of filming to actually being put out it's what two years yeah that's about right so if they have to renew this license every two or three years then they're as soon as they're finished it they pretty much got to start on another one correct so it's really kind of getting to the point where it's it's you know it's the same thing over and over and over again. Although, I, I will say that what they did with the Gwen Stacy storyline in this latest movie was pretty much true to the comics and was brutally effective. So if, if, if you're at all a fan of Gwen Stacy in the comics and, and you kind of know about her background and her history and what happens, then I think you will be very... Um, uh, you will appreciate at least how they handled it. Well, the more interesting commentary on that um, that I read, and I, I thought it was kind of interesting, is that uh, I don't know if either of you have ever heard of a guy named Kurt Music. He's mm-hmm. a uh, comic book writer, um, got famous for doing a series of Alex Ross a number of years back called Marvels, which was kind of the Marvel Universe from the perspective of an actual ordinary reporter. Um, actually, I, I, think, I think I remember that. Yeah, named Phil Sheldon. It was extremely well received. It's what made uh, Busick's reputation, also made the reputation of a guy named Alex Ross. Right, Alex Ross, a of fantastic, course. fantastic artist. But uh, the point that Busick made, uh, he actually did a series of tweets about it, was that in the comics, Gwen death wasn't really the end of a story. It was the beginning. Basically, there was like over a year's worth of stories after that that all referenced her death in some way. Whereas in the movie, it's the climactic, it's pretty much the climactic thing in the movie is that she dies. Hey, I think you should have put a little spoiler tag in front of that for people who didn't know her background, which is why I was kind of dancing around what actually happened to her. My apologies. My apologies. Of course, you could always add it in there, Dev, in post. <laughs> I, I suppose I could, but now you're making extra work for me, and I don't like that. The one thing I did want to say, though, is that... Instead of having more story kind of building on this huge thing and how it's affecting... Peter and all that stuff. Instead, the movie is over very shortly thereafter. Yeah, but there's a whole other movie to come, right? And they can they can do oh, all yeah, that stuff that's going to be as part of the trilogy. Years from now. True, true. You know, so the impact is not as immediate. 
Well, it will be when they replay that whole scene in the uh, the first five minutes of the uh, the new movie, just to give people a reminder of what he went through. Okay, since we've already spoiled it, let's just go right ahead and say what happens. So, <laughs> she dies as a direct result of him trying to save her. Like, obviously, a bad guy does something bad, and he and he tries to kill her, and Spider-Man tries to save her, and through his actions, his last-ditch attempt to save her, he ends up killing her. And so that, that becomes his burden to carry for the rest of his life, basically. Yeah. That's in the comics. It's in the comics, correct. It was, it, it was also in this, too. In the movie, they're a little bit kinder to him. Um, in the comics, basically, she's falling, he catches her web, web line, and in the panel, they show that her neck snaps. Correct. So it was how he tried to save her that actually killed her. And you're right, that's, it's been a huge burden for him ever since. In the movie, they're a little bit kinder in that he tries his best, but it just doesn't quite work. She right. actually impacts just before the web line reaches her. Oh, is that what it was? It was he was just a little too late. He was a little too late. Oh, I thought I thought they still carried on with the his his catching her and the force of the jolt of her of her breaking was what was what killed her. Yeah, I could be I could have misinterpreted. Yeah, we've only seen it once, and it was a... Yeah, uh, I've only seen it once. It was like a two-minute thing, so yeah. Well, we'll see it again when the DVD comes out. Yeah, but um, what, I find, what I found really interesting about uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is contrasting it with uh, Spider-Man 3. From the previous series? From the previous series. Okay. Because both movies, you had a lot of characters going on. Right. And everything. And in this one, though, despite the fact that, you know, the comics press played it up and everything like that, Rhino was a cameo. Correct, yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting that. But I, I found out about, what I found out later is that uh, Paul Giamatti, who played... Rhino and his Russian mobster civilian ID mm -hmm. in the film uh, is a big Spider-Man fan. Rhino is his favorite villain. Mark Webb, who directed, apparently found out about this and got in touch with Paul and said, hey, would you like to be Rhino? Just a couple of days' work. No problem. And so this is how you end up with a cameo of Rhino in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Well, hopefully it's a setup for, again, for Spider-Man 3, where they will uh, they will have him play a much more prominent role. Well, interestingly, what Sony wants to do, kind of a Spider-Man universe. Really? And their, plan, they, and their plan, and they've talked about this, you can Google it if you want, is the villains. They want to do a Sinister Six <laughs> movie. Okay. Uh, the Sinister Six being traditionally uh, Goblin, Doc Ock, the Vulture, the Rhino, uh, Sandman's usually in there, and Craven the Hunter, I believe. And they also want to do a Venom film. And it will basically be, as I understand it, the notion is 
Oscorp was behind everything. Like, Harry and Oscorp was behind everything. Well, it looked like that was being set up in the movie as well, as you're panning yep. past all those um, uh, display cases. Exactly. But the thing is, is that the box office, while not poor by any stretch of the imagination, has not been what Sony expected. Right. Sony was expecting this movie to pull in a billion dollars worldwide. It's not pulling in a billion dollars. <laughs> no. So. Although I think that's a little un, um, unrealistic to expect that sort of uh, release or that, that sort of um, uh, draw for a Spider-Man uh, franchise that's been well, rebooted in the last five years. Yeah, well, no one's ever really accused Sony Entertainment of uh, Realism? being conservative <laughs> in what they believe is going to be their next big franchise. Fair enough. So, uh, another fun thing, just keeping with Amazing Spider-Man, uh, the post-credit sequence, as they imitate the Marvel formula, but the fun thing with that one, of course, was that it was for X-Men, Days of Future Past. Right. And the funny thing about that, of course, is that the X-Men franchise is owned by Fox, not owned by Sony. And yet, you had Sony basically promoting X-Men in Spider-Man film. I, I, I found out why. Turns out, Mark Webb the director of Spider-Man Flux was under contract for a certain number of pictures with Fox. Okay. And part of the deal to release him to do Spider-Man was that Sony would provide promotional measures for X-Men. That's cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of neat. I think the best thing that would ha- that could happen, though, for both these franchises is to go back to Marvel and let Marvel take care of the entire universe on their own. Oh, absolutely. I understand that they don't want that because it's money makers, but it would just be so much better for everyone in the long run. Yeah, no, I I fully agree. I would love to, you know, have Spider-Man meet the Avengers. Yeah, because they both live in the real world of New York City, so it's hard to have them having world-changing events without referencing the stuff that happened in the other other franchises. Yeah, but of course, in in the movies... In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Spider-Man does not exist. Yeah, which is just wrong, especially since he is one of the Avengers, or at least later on. Yep. Hmm. So, there's that. So that's pretty much all the DP stuff that I've had the opportunity to do the past couple of weeks. Cool. Um, I don't have too much more to add to that. I mean, I've seen basically all the movies that we've been talking about so far, and uh, just been spending a lot of time doing Diablo, get, getting that game getting kind of bored with it now um, I basically put in like a good hour or so every day but I've, I've found it tough to do any more than that uh, but trying a couple of other games just to take my mind off of, of it I finished a, um, a game called Still Life 2 um, I don't know if I talked about it before but it's one of those point and click adventure games where you're trying to solve a mystery by picking up items putting items together, solving puzzles that sort of thing 
but it has yeah it has an incredible storyline behind it and the, the cool thing about it is in, in both one and two um, you end up playing multiple characters through multiple storylines that weave together into one long big story so in the first one you're basically trying to solve a mystery that happened in the 1930s or 40s so you start off as um, as this female cop or FBI agent actually in the present day 2007, 2008, whenever it came out and then you kind of do flashback scenes where you're playing as your ancestor who was not an investigator but he was involved in some plot which actually affects what is going on in the present day so both, both storylines are basically tied together as you're trying to find who this killer is and then in the second one, it kind of carries on from that. And but instead of playing yourself and your ancestor, you end up playing Vic Victoria again, the uh, the FBI agent, and also a reporter who is trying to crack this uh, this case as well. So and, and at one point, you actually end up working together. So it's 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 a very very neat uh, series of games called Still Life and Still Life Two. Again, available on Steam. It was on discount uh, over Christmas, which is when I picked them up. Finally got around to playing two. Um, other than that, uh, I'm trying to think what else, what other games I've played recently. Oh, I got back into the uh, the Star Wars Jedi Knight games. So I've done Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2, the original Jedi Knight. Um, but partway through that, not enjoying it as much as I did the first time. Uh, so then I kind of stopped and started going down the um, the Jedi Outcast, which I think is my favorite game in that entire series. Yeah, it's mine as well. I actually am just starting the third level in it. Oh, nice. I haven't been, I haven't been playing for the last couple of weeks, but uh, I'll get around to it. Uh, by third level, do you mean... Just got Narshida. Oh, no, I haven't got there yet. Uh, then maybe it's the fourth level. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, somewhere in there. Fun game. That's all yeah. I can say. Fun game. And if you're at all into Star Wars, it's probably the best Jedi simulator out there. Yeah. Like the, for- the Forces Unleashed was fine. Um, I was playing that on my um, uh, on on the Wii, just so you could do motion. But I don't know. It doesn't have the same kind of powerful storyline that the original did. No, it's it. I mean, in in Outcast, you can. Uh, run up walls, do backflips, do all these things, jump really high, you know, do all this, all the stuff that most Star Wars Jedi wannabes have always wanted to do. Yeah. This game really provided and covered all of them. So... Yeah, not not so much the Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. That had very limited force powers. It was basically like... No, but when Out, when Outcast came out, yeah. that's, when, that's when everything changed. So... You know, and things from that game actually became canon in the actual Star Wars universe too. Well, did for a while did. until Marvel or not Marvel, uh, Disney has decided to scrap all that and say only the movies are now canon. Well, no, but they. What I'm saying is, stuff from the game has made it into the movies, like abilities and stuff, force abilities that weren't in the original one, like the running really fast and and that kind of stuff. Right. 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 Jumping, jumping really high. All of that kind of made it into the movies from the video game. See, uh, you say it's from the video game, but if you played the original D six uh, West End game, Star Wars game, that stuff was all in there too. So, and that, well, that and that came out in like the nineteen nineties, long before any of these video games came out. Fair enough, fair enough. What I'm saying is, like, it was used in 
Lucas liked it, so he put it in his, in the movies, okay. and it became canon. Okay. So, yeah, I was sorry to hear about the whole reboot of the uh, expanded universe. Yeah, there was some really good stuff out there. Like that entire Thrawn series was fantastic, and I, I'm I'm kind of chuffed that, or not chuffed. I'm I'm upset they're not doing that. No, yeah. oh, absolutely, absolutely love Timothy Zahn's stuff. It's great. Aren't some of the characters, though, in these other things put in, in these movies? We don't know. We, I don't know anything about who the actual characters that people are playing. They've released the cast, but they haven't released what roles some of them are going to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, like, for example, I would love to have Mara Jade. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, she's I a... thought she was rumored to be in it, from, from what I could gather. But how do you do Mara Jade without doing the rest of the Hispanic universe? Well, you just do a version of her. You don't have to get too deep into her backstory or whatever. Yeah, but her I mean, backstory... They have, to be, they have to be very careful. Because if they just kind of take it in a whole different direction than, than what has been created in the expanded universe, you're going to have a lot of angry fans on your hand. Yeah. And so we they saw... gotta, they got to be very careful. You know, they, they're going to include... Obviously, you know, it'd be stupid to not include some characters and stuff that have, that have come out in the expanded universe but then they also got to be careful about how they're going to cover the back history right. and such and and but, one of the cool things about her is the fact that she has this rich back history where she was a bad guy and she basically is redeemed so to to take that away from her and to not to not delve into it i think would be a detriment to to her um not likability but the the fans appreciating her yeah. Well, one thing one thing we don't know yet, and we won't know for quite a while, is you know how much is, are these movies going to focus on the folks from the original trilogy? Well, we know they're they're at least going to be in the they, first. Yeah, the they're first going movie. to be in it, but to what extent? Right. You know, so if if they're in it, but not to any great extent then you could have, you know, a scene where, you know, just to go with the expanding universe a bit, where Han and Leia's kids are having a meeting with, you know, Uncle Luke and Aunt Mara, you know, and they never go into the, they never go into the history of these folks at all. Right. So, who knows? Who knows? True, we have to wait a couple years to find out. Although, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the timeline that they put out. Um, I may have linked it onto the Facebook page, but honestly, I don't remember at this point. Uh, where, I think it's 2016 is the first Star Wars movie of the new uh, trilogy. 2017 is the first of the offshoots. 2018 is Star Wars 2, or nine, 8. Uh, and then 2018 would be the next offshoot, and then 2019 is the wrap-up of the trilogy. So for five years in a row, there's going to be a Star Wars movie every year. Yeah, I, I, I heard about that somewhere. And that makes me very that. excited. That makes me almost a little nervous, to be honest. That's a lot of products to be turning out. Well, since we're not focusing on that main storyline for the offshoots, then they can go like a completely different direction, which is something that um, I know that Pat likes to listen to the uh, the Cracked podcast, and one of the things that they did, <coughs> excuse me, was um, talk about 
what you could do in the Star Wars universe that had nothing to do with these guys. And so, by, by taking some uh, strong fan-favorite characters from the, uh, from the original trilogy, they, they now are able to branch off and do storylines dedicated just to them. I, I know one of them, for sure, is going to be a Boba Fett movie, because everybody loves Boba Fett. So it'll be interesting. He, they also gave him such a rich past, too. Oh, in the uh, expanded universe, you mean? Yeah. Well, let, let's see if maybe I mean, they... I mean, they kind of bastardized him in uh, Attack of the Clones, but... Yeah, garbage. I mean... Everything that happens after that, you know... It, it, they never talked about his childhood in the, in the in the expanded universe anyway. It was all when he was an adult moving right. on. So... It'd be really interesting to see something about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's rumors that Yoda is going to be another one. I think that's a terrible idea. Because Yoda is not that interesting a character to begin with. He's basically just the wise old man that tells you in exposition what you need to know. And then you go off and do the things yourself. So uh, an entire movie dedicated to him, I'm kind of hesitant about. And I think the third, the, the third of the movies they're talking about is uh, Chewie's background. Which could be kind of cool, especially if they follow the corporate corporate sector um, trilogy, the Han Solo trilogy, where where they meet each other, basically, where Han saves Chewie's life and, and earns the blood debt. They kind of yeah. have to include that, though, don't they? Well, if, if they want to go into Chewie's background, they have to talk about how he became Han's buddy, but they don't necessarily have to follow that storyline, right? They could do whatever they want with it. Yeah, That's pretty true. much in, in the movies, they only talk about how, or they only talk about the fact they're friends. They never go into how or why. That's only in the expanded universe. Yeah, do they even bring up the life debt? I don't think they do. I think that was something... I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. Um, I'm trying to think back. All we know is that he is Han Solo's first mate. They never talk about why or how. Um, I think they do. I think it's mentioned. It's not mentioned in the first one. But I think it was mentioned in uh, in uh, Return of, or Empire Strikes Back. Oh, it's possible. Just one more reason for me to go back and watch that most amazing movie. I I say that because I think I'm not sure for I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it was somewhere in in how um, the interaction with Lando and and them after he gets frozen. Somewhere in there, I think it is. It's mentioned or okay. something. That's, again, possible. Something to look forward to, I guess. Okay, well, let's talk about then news and rumors. On to segment two. Um, do you guys have any cool information about stuff that's coming up? I mean, we kind of did that with the speculation on Star Wars, but do you have anything more to add to that? Well, nope. Any probably. upcoming movies that you're really looking forward to, like um, Edge of Well, what's the, what's the one with Tom Cruise? Oh, that one does look interesting. Yeah. That's that opens Friday, right? I yeah, think it's I, th- I think it's this weekend. Yeah, I think so as well. And then there's a turtle movie coming up, which I'm really looking forward to. I mean, this is all stuff we covered uh, previously, especially last episode, where we did a rundown of all the movies that's coming up. Dwayne, I know you're really looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, sorry, I just want to mention something. I read a little bit on a reviewer talking about... Uh, Edge of Tomorrow, the new Tom film. Right, that's Bruce it. Like, 
somebody treated as like their worst nightmare Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise in a time loop movie <laughs> where he just Tom Cruise <laughs> over and over and over again <laughs> more Tom Cruise he does. I get. He. I bet he. He does a lot of running in that movie. He actually he does, and in fact, oh, the does. the entirety of the um, trailer is him running, running in, in one yeah. situation or another situation. There's a lot of running in that movie. But on the every day he runs. <laughs> on the bright side, the power armor looks cool. Well, it, it looks okay as an exoskeleton. I, I wouldn't say it looks cool. I've seen much better exoskeletons than that, but it doesn't look terrible. But, uh, yeah, I am definitely looking forward. Like, Guardians is probably uh, the next big one that I'm looking forward to. Uh, it's a real, I would say it's as big a stretch for Marvel as the original Iron Man was. I mean, nobody was sure what to make, like, Iron Man. Do you remember what the mainstream press was like when that, when when publicity for that movie was coming out, like, there was a lot of doubts, like, who's heard of Iron Man? But Iron Man is one of people's most favorite characters, though. Now. Really? You don't think it was back then? No. I, I had Iron Man comics long before that movie came out. Well, I think I think a lot of the, uh, the questioning was the cast choice. Oh, no, no, no. The, the one thing they did, the one thing they got dead right was casting Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Well, I think that's that's what had a lot of people going, because like, he hadn't been in any, in any decent movies up until that one for how long? Or he, you know, he, he'd been sort of like an unknown. They're like, I don't know, this is kind of a risky move. And to find out, it was like the perfect... Yeah, but anyone who casting. knows anyone who knows Iron Man or uh, Tony Stark's history about how he's an alcoholic womanizer would know that this is the perfect person to play him. Like they could not have picked anyone more suited to play Iron Man, or at least Tony Stark, than Robert Downey Jr. I mean, he lived Iron Man's life minus the power armor. But the thing is, like the thing is, when when that movie was coming out and everything, Iron Man was considered a B-list character. The A-list had already been sold off to Sony and Fox. They sold off Spider-Man. They sold off X-Men. They sold off Fantastic Four. Right. They even, they even sold off. They even sold off Daredevil and Hulk. All of those were gone, and so the, the perception at the time was Marvel was trying to start up a studio with a B-list character that few people outside of comic book fandom had ever heard of. Maybe. And the result, thanks to a great script, great direction, a fantastic star with a good supporting cast, was this immense blockbuster hit for what was essentially an independent studio. Right. So now... Fast forward, it's 2014. We've had three highly successful um, Iron Man flicks. Mm-hmm. We've had the Avengers, which was immense. Captain America and Thor are both supporting their own franchises. Right. And what does Marvel do next? They pull out this obscure team of outer space-based heroes. Right, people, most people have never heard of before. Yeah, no one outside of comics has ever heard before. And this team 
includes, you know, your lead character is the prototypical white male. Right. But the rest of it is a green-skinned woman who is supposed to be the most feared assassin in the galaxy, another guy who happens to be green and a bruiser, a tree that only says, I am Groot, <laughs> and an automatics welding raccoon. And yeah, Marvel is basing their next big summer movie on. The whole raccoon thing, I'll tell you, that was that's a push for me. You know, it's sort of like mm. that's because you haven't played. That's because I'm you haven't played. I'm giving you guys the benefit of the doubt here, but yeah. you're pushing it so, just a little bit. Paul, that's so, because you've never played a squib in a Star Wars game. So they they are speaking about Gleason uh, is actually playing one in the current Star Wars thing. I know he is. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, so they are really taking a risk here. They're trying to push what the Marvel Cinematic Universe can include. And, of course, this is going to have ties back to the Avengers. Absolutely it will. I mean, um, we already know various things that tie back to other franchises, to Thor, to the Avengers, to various other things. But still, when it all comes down to it, you know, like I said, now, don't get me wrong, I picked up the first series that featured this team of Guardians of the Galaxy. Great series written by a couple of great authors named uh, Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Uh, oh, the Dan Abnett of 40K fame that our oh, yeah. listeners will know about? Yes, mm. the very same. And... For a while there, he and his comics writing partner, Andy Lanning, were basically in charge of the cosmic corner of the Marvel Universe. Right. Um, it lasted, I think, about five years. And for the most part, it was really good stuff. I enjoyed it thoroughly. You enjoyed uh, it thoroughly? <laughs> oh, what up, Bob? Oh, he'll, he'll be here all week, folks. Try the veal. That was pretty funny, you gotta admit. <laughs> oh, I don't have to admit anything. <laughs> but yeah. So, it, you know, but uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. The trailers have certainly been a better example of trailers than a lot of things. It hasn't given a lot of the movie away, mm-hmm. but as far as building interest and you know going okay I want to see more yeah I think they've done a great job with the trailers I've so, actually intentionally not seen any of the trailers for it huh? cool because I want to go in fresh I admire your self restraint I don't have it <laughs> but, uh, but yeah other than that there's not really anything coming out this summer that I'm really all interested in I'm quite looking forward to Turtles because I've, I've always been a Turtle fan from back in the day when they were broody and dark and conflicted and murderous. Mm-hmm. I, I miss those days. They, recently they've become chumps, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, my favorite thing about the first Turtles movie would be uh, Casey Jones. Yeah? 
Yeah, he was played by a guy named Elias uh, Cotillas. I'm probably butchering his name, but I've been a fan of his for ages. And I thought he had a lot of fun with the role, and I just got a real kick out of it. Um, uh, do you remember who played April O'Neil in those movies? Because I don't. Paige Turco, if I remember right. I've seen her in a couple of other things. Not a lot, really. But she pops up here and now. And the new one is... What's her name? The girl who oh, keeps yeah. getting kicked off of sets? Megan Fox? Megan Fox, yeah. Yeah. So, I find it interesting that she and Bay patch things up. They have yeah. a really public feud going on there for a while. Well, didn't she try to wreck his marriage? Or was that a different guy? Uh, no, no. Um, no. Basically, she just said he was a horrible guy to work for. Oh, okay. And I don't recall any hints of uh, an affair going on there. I, I, I recall hearing that she was sleeping with one of her uh, directors, who actually was a married person at the time, or a married man I at the time. I think you might be getting her mixed up with Kristen Stewart from the Twilight franchise. Oh, maybe I am. Uh, maybe you're she right. Did, she did Snow White and the Huntsman, and uh, it was famously outed that she had an affair with her director. Right, maybe that was, was her. At the time. Okay. Yeah, maybe Megan Fox is just a horrible person or a horrible human being to have on set. Mm. I'm staying out of it. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've heard that they can be extremely difficult to work for. That actually wouldn't surprise me. I hear the uh, same thing about Cameron. Yeah. But, anyways, you know. Yeah. So, news and rumors. Uh, bit of interesting news uh, you guys have heard of course of Marvel's deal with Netflix oh to do the uh, the TV shows yep. four different ones and then a fifth combining the, 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 the whole group as uh, the Defenders I believe yes so uh, it's going to be um, Daredevil Luke Cage, Jessica Jones Cage. Yep. and uh, Iron Fist Iron Fist right and so, the first one is going to be Daredevil. Makes sense. He's uh, somewhat established. Yeah, and they've cast him. They've cast who's going to be playing Daredevil. Okay. Uh, have either of you guys ever seen Stardust? Um, I want to say yes, yeah. because I've seen all the movies. Um. Uh, Oh, is that the one where the girl falls? She's actually like a, a, a she meteor. A star, she falls from the sky. Yeah. Um, our hero has promised to bring the star back to impress his would-be girlfriend. Only he discovers it's a person. Right. And is that the one where De Niro plays a gay uh, pirate? Yes. Yeah. Fuck, I love that movie. It is awesome. It is actually really funny. And De Niro totally steals that role. Oh, he does. And the closest thing as far as tone and fun and everything that the movies have come to The Princess Bride. Yeah, that's a good point. The Princess Bride. And I absolutely love it. Well, the guy who played uh, Tristan Thorne, the, the main, lead. The main character, right? Yeah. Will be playing Daredevil. Oh, that's cool. Netflix. So, is is there any cool. word on when that's coming out? Uh, next year. So 2017? Pardon? 2017? 
No, 2015. Oh, sorry, 2015. Right, I'm, I'm still for some reason thinking about uh, Star Wars in 2016. Actually, Star Wars in 2016, Man of Steel 2, 2016, Captain America 3, 2016. It's going to be a good year. Well, interestingly, for whatever reason, uh, Marvel has scheduled the third Captain America like, to open the same day as Superman vs. Batman. Oh, oh, there's no for some reason. It's for a very obvious reason. They want to go uh, head-to-head. I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see who planks first. Uh, well... Do Warner's. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they will because they've already changed the date once, and they said we're not going to do it again. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, uh, and uh, I don't know if it's been mentioned on the podcast before, but they have a title, a proper title for Superman versus Batman. Uh, it's Justice Begins. Yeah. Well, their their whole plan is to instead of having it as Superman or Man of Steel two. They're doing it as a, like a standalone movie, which just adds on what happened in the the Man of Steel movie. And once that happens, it's basically the beginnings of Justice League because Wonder Woman's going to be in it, um, and of course Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, and Superman are in it. And the next one, I think, is bringing in Flash. It's bringing in uh, possibly Martian Manhunter. Like they, they've already talked about, or they're starting to talk about what the next phase is. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. Um, to see how they do things because The Flash, of course, is starring in his own TV show Correct. on the CW starting this fall. Correct. So the CW seems to be the Marvel's, or sorry, the uh, uh, what's the other one? DC superhero channel because they wasn't CW also the ones that did Smallville. Yes. And, and they're doing Arrow now. Yep. And now Flash. And Arrow and Flash are def- definitely sharing the same universe because in one trailer I saw they're actually talking to each other. Oh, yes. Well, um, Barry Allen has appeared on Arrow this season. Oh, the Barry Allen that is going to be yep. playing yep. the Flash? Oh, okay, cool. Yep. Um, and he was made the Flash on the in the TV series. Oh, so, so Flash has already been... Um, he hasn't been introduced, but how he was... Made has been okay. Yeah, they they showed the accident. Okay, they they, they, the they teased it, and, and then we think that that same accident is going to be reproduced basically in the Flash movie or the Flash TV show. They'll bring it up. I'm sure probably because because they sort of just like it happened, and then he was sort of in a coma the and he's been in a coma the entire time or something. Okay, I haven't seen so. anything from the second season yet, so I'm basically waiting for it to all be finished, and then I'll watch it all in one big go, probably over one weekend. <laughs> Well, it is already all finished. So. Okay, that's good. Of course, <laughs> I haven't got gotten my official release delivered to me in DVD format yet. But maybe I'll go searching. Yeah. Well, I've got <laughs> I've got the last ten episodes stuck on my PVR. Wow, that doesn't really I'll get help around me. To watching them. <laughs> uh, what was yeah. I going to say? Oh, yeah, I I like the fact that they've already talked about bringing in the guy who played the Flash. Or Barry Allen in the last Flash TV show, they're bringing him mm-hmm. in to do a cameo. Yep, John Wesley Shipp will once again be playing a dad to a main TV character. That's awesome. He, he does he a really did, good job. Yeah, he did that famously for Dawson's Creek, right? Of course. And now he'll be playing a dad again. This time he'll be Barry Allen's father. So a nice little, nice little callback. I I like little touches like that. And that uh, that. Flash show that he did was actually a very good show for its time. It was. It was excellent. Of course, 
there was also, you know, they had Mark Hamill doing doing the Trickster, which was tremendous. Was he really? I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, it's Hamill. Oh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch it. Yep. Luckily, oh, I'm almost oh, done. Oh, was that in? Um, what was what movie was that in? No, it's a TV show. It was a TV show oh. called The Flash. Came out in oh. early 2000s. Yeah. So I have a copy if you want to watch it. I, I think I may pull it off the shelf uh, within the next week, I think. Okay. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see how um, how DC's movie plans play along with their TV because I think it can be argued that they have been more successful in TV than they have in the movies. Correct. Um, Three huge, or two huge franchises so far, and a third one on the way. Yep. And they're now starting to build up a bit of a universe. Um, Two of, like, uh, the supporting cast in The Flash, more so than in Arrow, even, is made up of other DC universe characters. That's cool. Um, one like uh, one of his best friends is going to be a Star Labs guy who's basically based on an 80s era Justice Leaguer named Vibe who recently was revived for DC's New 52. Oh, interesting. Laying the groundwork. Yep. Um, cool. Another character there uh may end up becoming Killer Frost. Uh, they've actually brought in two guys who could become one of two different versions of the Reverse Flash. So so he goes trying, really, really slow? Pardon? He goes really, really slow? Oh, come on. You must know who the Reverse Flash is. I don't know. Oh. Um, he is basically the Flash's main villain. Okay, like, so another speedster. He, yeah, basically the reverse is that um, he's a bad guy, he wants to destroy things, his costume is reversed from the Flash. Okay. All that sort of thing. But yeah, now he is, as far as the Flash's rogues gallery, he is number one for lots of reasons. I kind of wish they hadn't waited so long since the end of Smallville before doing these uh, these DC Universe TV shows because I like the original cast they had put together to play Arrow, to play Flash. Like they, they had decent actors who have, you know, I guess gone off to do other things now and they've gone a completely different route. Yeah. It would have been nice uh, to tie in Smallville into it. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things there, of course, is uh, do you know who's behind Arrow? No. guy named uh, Greg Berlanti, uh, whose most successful TV project before now was uh, a fun little show called Everwood, which I really enjoyed back in the day. Never heard but, of it. Uh, he also did the Green Lantern movie with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. I didn't hate it as much as other people apparently did. Well, I was okay. It could have been a lot better. It could have been and a lot worse. No denying it bombed spectacularly. But, I kind of liked it, but I always know. have a different taste in movies than most people. Do. Yeah, see, I find the same thing. I didn't find it that bad. Oh, neither did I. 
But I'm just saying, there's no denying it was not successful. Right, not not in the box office. Yeah, but you know, turn around, they do Arrow, two quite successful seasons, third coming up, and he's also behind the Flash. Right. So, see how it goes from there. But it is it is a huge season coming up for superhero stuff. Kind of crazy. It seems like that's, um, it's a it's a good season every year. Yeah. Well, coming up this year, you have Arrow continuing on the CW. You have the Flash starting up. Um, you have Constantine, based on the Hellblazer series from DC's Vertical Line on NBC. I'm looking forward to that. I really like that movie. Yeah. Um, the uh, guy behind Veronica Mars is doing I Zombie based See, on a Vertigo property. That I have no interest in. Um, for the CW. Uh, I'll check it out simply because the guy behind Veronica Mars. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Rob uh, Thomas, I think his name? Yeah, Rob Thomas. Same as the uh, musician. So, uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, he jokes about it a lot. Okay. Like... Uh, I believe he has it in his his Twitter profile, like, you know, he says, like, TV producer, writer, blah, not the other guy. <laughs> okay. But uh, from what I understand, uh, Rob Thomas, the musician, dropped him a line when the whole Rock and Mars Kickstarter took off and said congratulations from oh. the other Rob Thomas. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was kind of funny. But yeah, so there's there's a lot of stuff going on on the you know the traditional networks, and then of course you have the Marvel deal starts dropping on Netflix next year. Now, have they announced uh, if they're going to be doing it the same way they did it with the other Netflix only um, series, where they're they're going to release the entire season all in one go? They haven't. They're being very cagey about it. Okay. But I, you know, I'd be surprised if they didn't, because that's becoming the Netflix brand, right? You know that this is how they do their original stuff, right? They dump it all onto the service, and you watch at your leisure. So we'll see. We'll see. It'll be uh, it'll be interesting, but um, you know, we'll go from there. So. News and stuff. That's all I've got. Um, continuing to follow the exalted third edition Kickstarter, but wow, is that movie calling? Exalted. That's the White Wolf role playing game. Yeah, the White Wolf role playing yeah. game. It's one of the uh, one of the role playing game Kickstarters that I've backed. Um, the latest update uh, that I just got today was saying that uh, they're wrapping up the. Charms, which is the supernatural abilities, and then it'll be uh, phase three playtesting, okay. stuff like that. Uh, haven't heard anything new really on the Earthdawn Kickstarter that I backed. No, we haven't received an update from them in a while. Yep. Now the thing is, is that for convenience sake and payment, I actually backed it through their own website. Okay. So I don't get the Kickstarter updates. Gotcha. Well, I can tell you that there hasn't been a Kickstarter update in quite some time. 
Yeah. So. In fact, now you got me all curious. I want to find out when the last time we heard from them was. Oh, cool. Yeah, but um, yeah, other than that, not really too much going on there. I've been uh, tweeting every now and again, trying to convince Space Channel to pick up Will Wheaton's new show. He's got a new show on Sci-Fi. It's kind of basically this week in Geekdom. Okay. Called the Will Wheaton Project. You think it would be a show that space would be all over, but nope. They can't watch it in Canada. <clears throat> they probably can't get rights to it. They always get rights to sci-fi stuff. Um, they have, stuff. they have, they have trouble working with sci-fi to get anything. They got Sharknado. They aired it day and date. <laughs> Did they really? Yes, they did. That's what they went after was Sharknado. Yeah, well, they do. They do that stuff. They do like Heroes of Cosplay. They do uh, Face Off. They've got a lot of sci-fi. Well, I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying content. Yeah, but uh, the Sci-Fi Network and Space don't get along well. That's what I'm saying. Oh. The two, the two networks. Um, yeah, they just they just don't work together very well. They've done a couple of things, like, but they're like the main competition for each other, right? So, well, what it what it is is that um, CRTC won't allow sci-fi up here, right? Because of the key content laws. Just, you know, that's how it goes. So, I'm sure that uh, the powers that be, it's sci-fi. And by the way, I mean, I just go on the record and say the spelling of that station was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> you don't like the Y? <laughs> yeah, S-Y-F-Y? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> they, got, they have to be different and unique, right? They have to be hip. This is how the uh, the internet kids do their lingo. They change letters around to make it look, look the same or look different, but actually sound the same. Yeah, well, fine. It's I mean, hip it's and cool. It's called being lazy. No, it's called being hip and cool. You guys just aren't with it. Well, just just consider me in full get off my lawn mode. <laughs> you old funny daddy. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. If, if if people start sending trying to converse with me and they use the letter U instead of the full word to talk to me, I get a little bit peeved right quick, and I turn into the guy with the shotgun on the lawn saying, "Get off." <laughs> so if you can't, if you can't, you know, if you can't learn proper grammar and spelling. So someone I mean, someone should talk to Pat is what you're saying, or at least we're, we'll start we're start ignoring him when he starts sending out texts. Yeah, I already <laughs> do ignore him. Nice. He can't even. He's not even here to defend himself. So you know, I'm not even gonna try. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the best <laughs> time to start attacking we all people. Know that he doesn't actually listen to the podcast. Correct. <laughs> I, I should be good then. I we, come on, let's let's battle. He'll never hear it. That's that's kind of a, a running gag that we have in the Out of the Basement podcast, in that sometimes even the hosts don't listen to it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so anyways, one of the things I was wanting to talk about was Days of Future Past. And I, please, I don't know if you guys don't do any spoilers on that because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, in that case, forget it. Yeah, it's it's hard Not to talk it. about it without spoiling it. Yeah, I know. Can't can't discuss it without spoiling. So it was a I good movie, say, though. See it. Yeah. Well, 
Uh, I will. I just, uh, I'm not a big fan of seeing movies by myself, so I don't have anybody around here that's kind of interested to see it either. So. Listen, I would probably go see that movie again, so if you want to go, you let me know and we'll figure something out. All right. We can do that. Oh, that, uh, you know, that's pretty much all I have. Well, we're slightly over an hour, so if you guys want, this is a decent place to call it quits. Sure. I guess. Okay, Dwayne, thank you for coming and joining us and talking about all things comic book related. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're our comic uh, book expert. <laughs> sorry I couldn't contribute much, but I am not a comic book expert. Yeah, so, it's, it's, uh, a shame, it's a shame you haven't gotten into that, uh, that medium, Paul. Well, it's an expensive medium, and I don't have the money for it. It's a, it's a fair point. Well, I'll make an offer. I'll be happy to lend you some stuff. Yeah, me too, actually. I have Ikea boxes filled to the brim with uh, graphic novels. Or yeah, basically yeah. compilations of, uh, of series. Well, maybe I'll take you up on that. Cool. Okay. Alrighty. Alright, uh, so thank you all for joining us, and hope, hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed this comic book talk. I know it's not for everybody, but uh, everyone seems to be enjoying the movies, and I think the majority of our audience ha- have seen at least the Avengers. So if, if you like the Avengers, go check out some of these other movies. I, I, you may really, really enjoy them. All right. Definitely. Thanks for joining us, guys. Take care. Have a good night.